It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 1st of March. The Jazz with a remarkable win in Denver. We'll look at the playoff picture, analyze that, talk about Quinn Snyder's masterful coaching job, the studly plays of the old men, and it's a points gained Friday. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. I've got to share with you how nuts this day is, but first let me tell you, this is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, and geeky numbers on the Jazz. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or when you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast, Locked on Jazz. So here's the crazy story. I am sleepless. It's, I'm recording at 1.30. I usually do it in the morning. Uh, what happened is we got in super late last night with the TNT game, the drive to Stapleton, and so I had a call this morning at 8 um, that was pretty important. I had to take and, and do, and I had DJ and PK at 7.30, and I had a few hours of work I had to get done before the call, and then my daughter was ski racing at 9.30. So I came home and started to do some of the work, and then next thing you knew, it was like 5.30, it was like 6, it was like, all right, well, the kids are getting up, and this is totally pointless. So I feel like I'm a, the only problem is I'm 48, but otherwise, I feel like I'm a college kid, because I think that's the last time I pulled an all-nighter, and I have basically not slept today. So this show could be ridiculous, uh, and could or could be or could be really, really fun. All right, let's uh, roll through. By the way, uh, I heard two guys stop by the store first thing this morning to get their Leatherbees locked on mudslide, locked on Lochness uh, ice creams. It's the ch- uh, vanilla and caramel with mudslide cookie, and it's the mocha with mudslide cookie. They are out and available. So stop by and grab them. All right, let's run through what happened last night. Uh, obviously, the Denver Nuggets lost a game in which they were a 75% favorite. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder lost a game where they were a 61% favorite last night. A little surprising. The Houston Rockets were on the verge of losing a game in which they were 86% favorite, but they came back to win to beat Miami last night. The Jazz win a game where they are a 25% favorite. That is the last and final game the Utah Jazz will play this season in which they are worse than a 48% chance to win. Now, they got a bunch of 50s and 57s and things like that coming up, but that is the last game the Jazz will play that is an unlikely or a no chance for the season, and they won it. That, my friends, is a darn big deal. So we are teams are five and one in certain wins. They're eight and four in should wins, uh, which is kind of right where you th- would think they have a little. Maybe four. Yeah, it's right about right. Sixty-seven percent probably should be a little higher. Pickums, they're two and three, and the unlikelies, the twenty to forties, 
They are 4-4, four and four, so we are seeing teams win at a little bit of a higher rate than expected. Tonight, the Kings and the Clippers will play, which is an important one. Kings are favored in that one. Lakers and Bucks will play. Bucks are favored. And then the Bucks obviously come here on Saturday. Tickets are still available for that. And Portland, who's been incredible, has got only a 25% chance to win against Toronto. It, the Jazz are going to have to do something truly remarkable if they are going to go and uh, get home court advantage. Uh, I don't know how they get it done, uh, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take something truly remarkable. I kind of try, and this this, this is a little weak, um, to project where everyone's going to be win-wise on March 1st. Um, I had Denver at 42. That's right where they are. I had Oklahoma City at 40. They're at 38. I had Portland at 35. They're at 38. Houston at 38, that's right where they were. The Jazz at 34, they're at 35. San Antonio is at 36, I, or I had them at 36, they're at 34. And the Clippers we had at 35, they're at 34. Sacramento we had at 30, they're at 31. And the Lakers are at 30, we had them at 31. So a little bit close, some of them a little bit off. Um, so we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, here, But last night, let's talk about that. That was a great performance by the Utah Jazz. Truly, truly a great performance. Uh, did not start well. Denver came out and uh, really caused the Jazz a, a good deal of struggles early. We're able to kind of get into them. The Jazz couldn't make shots. The ball movement, though, both the f- last two games... Early on, the Jazz ball movement has been electric and they haven't had dividends. And then it's come back to pay off later in the night. Uh, And then the Jazz, you know, made some shots, did some pretty fabulous items to pull this one off. Uh, The defense was superb. This was a defensive win in a lot of ways. Uh, But I think it also was a game planning win. Uh, The Nuggets are 30 7% on catch-and-shoot threes and 30% on off-the-bounce threes. And the Jazz did not leave Jokic or did not leave shooters to help on Jokic. Therefore, they didn't get their catch-and-shoot three game going at all. They had none in the first half. Made a nice adjustment to play pick-and-roll in the middle of the floor uh, in the second half to try to combat that with the Jazz hugging to the shooters and were able to get really attack the rim at a high level in that second half of that game and scored 67 points. So they figured something out. But the Jazz never let that catch-and-shoot game go. Rudy was amazing around the basket. Royce O'Neal played really good on-ball defense. Uh, Really everybody played very, very well last night uh, for the Jazz in the win. And and it showed that they're now up 2-1 in the season series against Denver. They've kind of... They play those type of teams well. Teams that... Trap the ball, overshift, the Jazz move it, they get to open looks, they get to threes, and they have good offensive games. It's what they did against Oklahoma City. Um, they did not, um, they do not play particularly well against teams like Milwaukee who just dropped the big and said, sit on top of the rim and don't let you get to the rim. That's, uh, that's usually a struggle for the Jazz. It's interesting, though, the defense has kind of clicked in the last two games, back-to-back there, Clippers and Nuggets, defensive ratings under 98. That's had not happened for a little while. Um, the defense had not been as strong and as powerful, and now we're seeing it click back in a little bit uh, in last night's performance. The other one that last night was the shot selection again. 
we talked about this the other day after the Clippers game that I, you know, in some ways I would say the Jazz won that game because of shot selection. I think I can kind of say the same thing again here. The Jazz had remarkable shot distribution in this game. The Jazz took, according to Clean the Glass, 42% of their shots at the rim and 45% of their shots at three, only taking 13% of their shots as mid-range shots. They went 5 of 11 on those, including Donovan's big shot late. But the Nuggets took 29 mid-range shots. And that, again, I talked about the other day, you start to do the point differential of what the value of shooting those kind of shots is compared to shooting the others, and it becomes the same as the margin of dif- of victory. And you, So is that why they won? No, but that that's... That's part of it. That's how the Jazz win games. That's what the Jazz do. They are able to play a style, and they buy in, and they play it correctly, and it forces the other team into bad shots while they get good shots, and then they win. Last night, they defended great, and Denver missed shots. Denver, last night, was 10 percentage points below their QSQ. Jazz shot right about as they were supposed to, had great shot distribution, and had a 53.9 expected effective field goal percentage if they were average, finished at 53.6. And Jazz have now taken 28 corner three attempts, 29 actually, in two games against Denver. The most the Jazz have taken in any game all year was 18 against Atlanta. But they really have taken a ton. They've been over 10 in every game but two since they played Denver on the 23rd of January. They've only been under nine once since the 14th of January. Corner threes are great looks. If you can get 30 shots at the rim and 10 corner threes, you are in business. I would guess that most nights the Jazz get 30 shots at the rim and 10 corner threes, they win. Would be a be a worthwhile look to see if that 30-15 comes out to anything. But my guess would be you get 30 shots at the rim, you get 15 corner you get 10 corner threes, not even 15, just 30 and 10. I guess you win. It's about half your shots coming in the two best spots on the floor and then the rest of your shots are going to be three or mid-range shots. It's worth taking a look at, probably. Jazz defense wins this battle the other way because of Rudy. I know. It's boring. It's much more fun to talk about all the things we're going to talk about next. And Kyle Corver's threes and Tabo coming free and Donovan pulling. But that analytics part of the game is something real, and it does truly matter. You know, when you get a chance and you're done with this show today, I would strongly suggest Locked on Nuggets. Matt Moore, who's really, really good, is on Locked on Nuggets today with Adam Modis, who's very, very good, the host of Locked on uh, Nuggets. You can just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Nuggets. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. If you're going to spend some time this weekend looking for a car, whether it's a sedan or an SUV or one of the small little SUVs, May I suggest you at least stop by Murdoch and let them take show you around. See what they have to offer. I'm not telling you what to buy. We love ours. We I bought the I did the research as you'd suspect and my efficiency rating came out that I wanted the Hyundai Santa Fe. I called Blake up. Certainly 
Jason was incredible when we were there and just said, you know, get me with the best safety features you've got, um, uh, Hyundai Santa Fe with a third row of seats. It made my wife happy, made my kids safe. That's what we did, and we were ple- have been pleased from the beginning. I'm driving the new one. The safety features are amazing, including it would not open my door the other day because they thought, a, it, well, it was right, a car was coming and it froze the door uh, when I was opening into traffic until that car went by. That's the kind of amazing features you can get from Hyundai. So stop by, see the crew over at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, or see Blake in Linden and say hi to him there. And make sure you find out more about the Murdoch guarantee, including five-day price match guarantee and car washes for life. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Uh, let's talk about the the stud players. I know uh, Donovan, Donovan and Joe had to run the show last night and were really great at it. Uh, the Joe Ingles pick and roll last night with Derek Favors just caused them a world of trouble. And then how about the plays by Derek Favors when Derek Favors hit the passes to the corner three? That was awesome. That is, Derek has developed so beautifully. Joe ran 42 pick and rolls last night. Here's the funniest thing about it. I looked this up before that game. I was stunned. I'm with you. I am talking about the Joe Ingles, Derek Favors pick and rolls. You know what? The Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert pick and roll was better last night. It's not usually. Last night against Denver... Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles combined for 22 pick and rolls and averaged 1.2 points per possession. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert combined for 20 pick and rolls and averaged 1.2 points per possession. Both of them, Rudy Gobert was in 42 pick and rolls last night and at a 1.2 points per possession. I thought Favors was amazing last night. I thought Derek was a was a beast. He was his twenty six picks. He had a one point oh four two points per. But Rudy's offense was even better. One point two oh with Joe. One point two oh with Mitchell. Really interesting. Surprised me a ton when I looked at that. Rudy and 
was that block late in the game on Jokic is one of the most remarkable plays I've I've seen. The Jazz stars are just being exactly that. Rudy last night had 16 points, eight rebounds, six of 11 from the free throw line. But check out this number on Rudy. I this this is where Rudy is just you begin to realize what a special player is. So Rudy's not a great free throw shooter. Clutch time comes. This year, Rudy Gobert is 13 of 17 at the free throw line in the clutch, 77%. The only guy on the teams that are better, Joe Ingles, 8 of 9, and Ricky Rubio, 7 of 8. Otherwise, he's like the best free throw shooter late in games of the roster. There aren't a lot of other guys, but that's pretty cool. Faves was a beast. Dominating the boards when the Jazz needed it. Had 15 points and 11 rebounds. Cephalosha in the second quarter comes out, bangs three straight threes. He's now at 50% for the season. Stems the tide of Denver's lead, and then the Jazz defense clicks in, allows Denver their fewest points of the season in the first half and their fewest points in the second quarter. This is a big win. Denver only lost four games at home. Teams that are playing at home on a rest advantage, as the Jazz will be, uh, against Milwaukee, have won 70% of the games this year. Jazz were on a back-to-back in Denver. That's not a game you win. And the Jazz just made a large statement, frankly, the second time they've beat Denver since January 23rd. So that's a fairly substantial statement. And, you know, the Jazz played with the Thunder to triple overtime. Got the... got. You know, got beat by the Warriors right before the break, but this is Jazz are Jazz are playing a bunch of really good teams right now and holding their own. And doing it in a collective effort. I talked about this on uh emptying the noggin. But there's a special synergy in this group that the coaching staff puts together these game plans that are just incredibly detailed. Last night, the understanding that you of how to guard Jokic, leave it to Rudy, have your best player, guard Jokic, completely dominated Jokic last night, knocked him out of the game mentally and physically and in foul trouble. And then from there, don't leave the shooters. Make them put it on the deck. Make them play an off-the-bounce game instead of a catch-and-shoot game, and it worked beautifully. The offensive game plan, taking advantage of Denver's overshifting Rolling to the basket, hitting to the corner threes. Just beautiful, beautiful action by the Jazz offense. This is all stuff the coaching staff puts together, but the players have to buy in and be willing on a back end of a back-to-back with limited rest to be able to execute it. And when they execute it, then the coach's game plan gets even a little bit better. And then the next day, the the players buy in even a little bit more. There's a wonderful, wonderful synergy that's going on between the coaches and the players on this team. It's really pretty awesome. Kyle Korver, I got to tell you what, I'll be honest. Kyle Korver getting 10 three-point attempts to me is negligence on the part of Denver. Kyle Korver's not getting 10 three attempts from anyone anymore. People know. And Kyle Korver's getting wide open threes last night. And he nailed them. 6 of 10, 22 points last night. Jazz are still undefeated when he hits three or more threes in a game. 
but to a la- he got wide open looks. Denver just would not change their pick and roll coverage regardless of what the Jazz were doing to them. It didn't it did not seem to bo- matter to them what was taking place. And in turn, the Jazz just kept exploiting them. That's pretty good. Isaiah Thomas is not playing well for Denver. I'm certain they'll avoid that when the playoffs get coming. They'll make some sort of change there. Um, but it, it's it's clear that they're not, that he's not quite right. That, that That's not an addition that looks like it's going to help them. Millsap was unbelievable late for them, which was cool to see. He still got it. He amazes me. Just amazes me. Will Barton changed the tempo of the game, pushing it down the Jazz throat throughout that second, third quarter, really giving the Jazz all they could handle. But Corver hits those threes. Donovan then scores six straight points, I think it was. Donovan hits the big pull-up jumper late. Rudy with the amazing block. Everyone was great. Joe last night, 15 points, four rebounds, 10 assists. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff if you're a Jazz fan last night. Entertaining game. And then... Incredible performance and a massive, massive win. A game plan win, an execution win, a focus win, a resiliency win. A lot, a lot of different things to jump on there. If you're a Jazz fan and to love. Because they certainly did that. Homie has come up with a way to change the real estate world. Revolutionize it might even be the right word for you. In fact, you can learn more by just texting my friends at 88588. Text homie to, excuse me, text lock to 88588. That's lock to 88. Why would you do that? Well, let me tell you. Here are some data points. Homie is selling homes in 14 days when the market average is 16. All right, that's cool. Homie's medium sale price is 35K higher than the market average in Utah. Oh, that's neat. Homie is not taking 6% commission. The average Homie client is now saving over $10,000 of equity when selling a house. The number one real estate listing brokerage office in the state of Utah revenue has increased 240% year to year. Why? Because they've taken an industry, it's been sitting still, and they've changed it. And now you get to decide to be a part of it. 14 days instead of 16, selling at a higher price, and not taking the 6% commission. Instead, giving you a chance to not be taken by an old system in an old manner. It's pretty darn cool. Check out, homie. And as I said, here's what you have to do. You can text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. LOCK to 88588. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, 
chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy, has worked better than any of those for me. And now, the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, it is a points gained Friday. Sure, none of the major players. Points gained, by the way, is my metric. Uh, We talked about this a little bit on Thursday's show that defines the value of an offensive player based on the efficiency they use a possession and how often they're able to use it. And one of the things I think you're seeing is teams getting away from using below average offensive players. Below average offensive players are really detrimental to your well-being. You've got to have a high usage guy somewhere, but below average offensive players are, are troublesome. The other thing I would tell you is if I'm about to list the first five names in the NBA, and if they all, four names, if they all make sense and the fifth one surprises you, then maybe you need to reevaluate what you think of the fifth one. Because what points gained will show you is the incredible value of the dunk. If you're new to points gained, league average is zero. Each year, there's about 10 players that are above two. We're at 11 right now. There's about three that get above three points gained, and we're at four, and then there's one that's usually higher. It's always about the same, which is really interesting. And what's important about that is to think about this. Points gained is the amount of points you score in a game compared to the average player in the NBA. And if there's only 10 guys in the league that have an influence of more than two points above the average player in the NBA, when a, de- when a bad player has a minus one, or a minus 1.5, it's really detrimental. It really hurts you. So when Evan Turner is suddenly taken off the floor by the Portland Trailblazers and they start to win, it's not a coincidence. When John Wall goes off the floor because of an injury and Washington starts to win, it's not a coincidence. Quite honestly, I know you're all saying it, so I'm thinking, I don't know if the 9-0 without, or 8-0 or whatever it is without Ricky Rubio is a coincidence or not. The, the schedule on that one's a little iffy. But he's a negative offensive player. And we don't have a lot of positive ones. Like, really big. Number one in the league is Steph Curry at 4.0. James Harden at 3.5. Giannis Antetokounmpo at 3.4. Kevin Durant at 3.0. Those are your threes. Rudy Gobert, 2.7. John Collins, Atlanta, 2.4. Clint Capella, or excuse me, Carl Anthony Towns, 2.4. This is why Cat's better than AD. Clint Capella at 2.2, Montrez Harrell at 2.2, Kawhi Leonard at 2.0, and Demona Sabonis, Sabonis at 2.0. Here's some others at 1.9. Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, three-point shooting champ, Thomas Bryant in Washington, Tobias Harris in Philly. What a great pickup. So Such a good player, having such an amazing year. Pascal Siakam at 1.8. Julius Randle at 1.7. Anthony Davis, 1.7. Paul George, 1.6. Lest you think his defense is way better than James Harden's and Giannis Antetokounmpo's, he's not an MVP candidate. 
at the same level. Boyan Bonjanovic in Indy, 1.6. Jonas Valanciunas, 1.6. Part of the reason I do not believe Toronto is going to be better without him. We'll look at Marcus Gasol in a second. Kyrie Irving, 1.6. Joel Embiid, 1.5. Malcolm Brogdon, 1.5. LeBron, 1.5. Dwight Powell, who I would love, 1.4. DeAndre Ayton, 1.4. Buddy Heald, vastly underrated, 1.4. Malik Beasley, Denver, 1.3. DJ Augustine playing well. Davis Bertans at 1.3. Damian Lillard at 1.3. So Damian Lillard, incredible offense players. Points gained is 1.3. Think about that. When a... Negative players minus one, they're having the same impact almost that Dame's having positively with his possessions. Blake's at 1.3. Let's go to the, just for interest, who are the average offensive players in the league? Marcin Gortat, Wilson Chandler. Uh, A bunch of players don't play very much because they are at zero. Luka Doncic is at zero. Derek Rose, Patrick Beverly, Ursan Ilyasova, Jason Tatum, Noah Vonley. Let's start looking at our negative one players. These are players that that play and hurt you. Tim Hardaway, Evan Fournier, Jamal Crawford, Dirk this year, Tony Parker, Trey Young, Trey Lyles, Jamal Murray, interesting. Denver, minus 1.0. Would not have thought that. Must not go to the line at all. Does not. 6.6% of the possessions. DeMar DeRozan, minus 1.1. Here are the offensive players that are minus 2 or worse. Frank Nilakina, Colin Sexton. Jared Bayless. Chandler Parsons. Kevin Knox in New York. Andrew Wiggins. Russell Westbrook, minus 3.4 this year. Those players that are 1.5 or worse, Lonzo Ball, Tyreek Evans, Dennis Schroeder, Jonathan Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Josh Jackson, J.R. Smith, Chris Dunn, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Lonnie Walker, Markel Fultz. Those are your players. There's a bunch of players that are negative one. Some of the names that would might surprise, I'll just run through kind of noticeable names. Dwayne Wade at this point. Eric Gordon in Kansas City, surprisingly, this year. Chris Levert in Brooklyn for all the love about him for the season. Josh Koji in Minnesota. John Wall, who I mentioned. Justice Winslow, Alfred Payton, Trey Burke, Dennis Smith, Terry Rozier. Someone's going to make a mistake on Terry Rozier. Just because he's in Boston doesn't mean he's good. DeMar DeRozan, minus 1.1. Tyus Jones, minus 1.1. And as I said, Jamal Murray. Gave you a little deeper look that time. Here's, let's take a look at the Jazz. For the Utah Jazz, Rudy's 2.7, Derek 1.0, Kyle Korver 0.7. That's a big upgrade from Alec Burks. Tabo 0.4, Royce O'Neal 0.3, Neto 0.2, Joe Ingles 0.2, Dante minus 0.4, Jay Crowder minus 0.6, Ricky Rubio minus 0.9. Donovan minus 1.7. Let's look at the last 10 games in the NBA. I never look at this first. So this is always a surprise to me. Carl Anthony Towns is the number one player in the NBA coming off the concussion. 
He's averaging 31 points a game, 14 rebounds, a 6.6 pack. Giannis is amazing right now. We'll see him on Saturday. Kevin Durant third, Bradley Beal on fire fourth, Rudy Gobert fifth. Last 10 games, Gobert 18 points, 13 rebounds, 69% shooting. Frank Mason in Sacramento, who knew? Joe Harris on fire in Brooklyn, Seti Osman in Cleveland, Montrose Harrell in L.A., James Harden 3.2, Jeremy Grant for Oklahoma City, Zach Levine in Chicago, Andre Drummond in Detroit. These are not usual names top here. Boyan Banyanovic, Tobias Harris, Kevin Love, those are. Robin Lopez in Chicago. Vince Carter, no way. That's incredible. Maybe it's only after one game or something. Vince Carter after nine games. Wow. Sabonis, Fareed, Dwight Powell. Love him. Nikolai Miritic in Milwaukee. Joe Ingles playing very well. 2.2 recently. Who are the coldest players in the NBA? Make sure they're playing enough that they actually are worthy of it. Andrew Wiggins minus 4.6. Kevin Knox minus 4.5. Chandler Parsons minus 3.9. Chris LeVert minus 3.7. Jared Bayless minus 3.5. Dennis Schroeder minus 3.4. Derek White, minus 3.3 in San Antonio. A little surprise there. Frank Jackson, minus 3.0. That's too bad. Harrison Barnes, minus 2.8 in SAC. Donovan, minus 2.7 in Utah. Justice Winslow, minus 2.6. Colin Sexton, minus 2.5. Chris Dunn, minus 2.3. Let's take a look at the Jazz last 10 games. Just got Donovan mentioned in there. Rudy Gobert leads the Jazz 3.9. Joe Ingles 2.2. Royce O'Neal 1.0. Faves 1.0. Cephalosha 0.8. Ricky Rubio's even in the last 10 games. Kyle Corver's minus 0.3. Howell Neto's minus 0.6. Naz Long hasn't really played. Jay Crowder minus 1.6. And Donovan Mitchell minus 2.7. But he was pretty special late, sis. Pretty special late. That is Locked on Jazz. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be with you Saturday against Milwaukee, and sorry for the delay today. Have a great one. This is Locked on Jazz. I'd suggest you go listen to Locked on Nuggets with Adam Modis and Matt Moore or listen to Locked on NBA with Adam Modis and Anthony Oren. It's a lot of Adam Modis. Tell your smart device to play podcasts, Locked on Nuggets, to hear more. Have a great one. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.